Every night All the time Every day I need an ounce and a half uh, SP, the only flow that you know With a bounce and a half Listen kid, I need a mountain of cash So I can roll up, hop in the whip and Welcome to Uncultured Bias Podcast. My name is Kamar Williams. I'm your host. On our show, we say that culture is a matter of perspective and opinion. After all, we, we, are, we are just saying another way to say discovered. We are uncultured, we are biased, and we are black. Now, I know you're listening to that, and you're like, that is not the opening to this podcast, but it is 420. So I wanted to do something a little bit different than what we usually do. Um, but before we get into that, I just want to remind everybody, if you're listening to this podcast, uh, continue to subscribe to this podcast uh, on Apple and Spotify, or visit the website, KamaraWilliams.com, where I have an active blog um, that goes into that week's filler regarding the program, or just talk about different things. Or it's a great way for people who listen to podcasts to recommend um, some ideas. So that's a great way for engagement all the way around. Now, speaking of engagement, if you're on Apple and you're listening on this pod, please not only guest subscribe, but what I'm asking you to do is to rate the episode and leave a comment. That is a great way for algorithm for Apple to continue to level uh, levy engagement of that particular pod. All right. My final ask is that if you are listening to pod and you love the pod, uh, share it with your friends on social media uh, and or actually through text message. I actually find that personal engagement is the greatest way to spread the program. Um, sending out a text like, hey, I was on this pod, or I love this pod, or whatever. It was a great um, it's a great episode. Or in this particular moment where they talked about from an hour one to an hour and a half, they talked about this particular subject. Let people know it's, it's a great way for um, letting people know what you're listening to. And I often find out when you, people are interested in what you're finding out listening to, they're more interested in trying to listen to that themselves. So... All right, talk about this week's sponsors, uh, Compass Tax Advisors. Now, I know we just got done with tax seasons, but if you're still looking for a tax attorney or just uh, file your taxes or do some things, or you're trying to get your STEMI, you haven't got your STEMI yet, all right, uh, contact them at 850-273-7193. That's mycompasstax.com. Let them know that Uncultured Bias uh, sent you. Uh, if you're in Central Florida and you're in the market for a home, Check out Keystone Global Real Estate. They specialize in finding out the right home for you, providing the best customer service you can imagine. Um, awkwardly enough, today's topic is going to be real awkward because my mom is listening to the podcast and it's actually her business. But, you know, shout out to my mom, Keystone Global Real Estate at uh, KeystoneGlobalRealEstate.com. That's 407-680-8510. And finally, if you're still interested in legal services, check out Smith & Williams Trial Group. That's SWTG Law. Com. You can reach me at C. Williams at SWTG Law, 888-798-4529. Of course, you know, we handle probate, estate planning, civil litigation, all that wonderful stuff. All right. Got it. Great. All right. Today's podcast is actually, again, we mentioned it is 420. And acknowledging that, I wanted to do a deep dive into We Talk. Now, if you listen to part one, we had a more nationalized conversation and just uh, different subjects. In part two, I wanted to get more into a localized, deeper conversation. Um, and uh, joining me is my friend Chad, uh, his fiance Ingrid, and Dr. Shima Shikari. So say what's up, guys. What's going on, guys? Hello. <laughs> Yes, you guys are owners of the Card Clinic that's located in Winter Park, Florida. That's located in 1320 South Orlando Avenue, Winter Park, Florida, 32789. We'll get into that, um, what that business is and everything like that. But uh, just let the listening public know, I know I mentioned your names, but exactly who you are and what you do for that particular business. 
Sure, I'll go ahead and start. So, hey guys, uh, thanks for having me. Ingrid, you sound really deep. That's Chad, by the way. this is Chad. This is Chad. But um, thanks for having me. Um, really excited to uh, talk to you guys about our business, about um, you know marijuana culture, and um, really some of the benefits of getting a marijuana uh, card. And I'm happy to answer any other questions that you have along the way. But yeah, let me tell you a little bit about what I do specifically as it relates to the business. So mm -hmm. I'm uh, the finance director, the chief finance financial officer. Um, and really a lot of what I do is uh, kind of our competitive analysis, our um, pricing structure, uh, the business plan, managing um, our cash flow, yeah. payments, things like that. So um, really anything that relates to business, finance, um, that's that's kind of my my strategy and my strong suit. So product yeah. testing. <laughs> Pro, product, I'm actually, you know, the funny the funny thing about it is I don't partake. Oh, wow. yeah, I don't yeah. partake. So um, nothing against it. Don't judge me. But yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not a big partaker, but my uh, my business partners, they are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely partake. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. All right. Um, um, go ahead. Ingrid? Um, I'm the chief marketing officer, so I do all of their marketing um, initiatives. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Client retention strategies, things like mm -hmm. that. So uh, yeah. she, I won't, I won't steal your your thunder go ahead that's it and i do a lot of the product <laughs> testing that's <laughs> <laughs> so a hard part of the job but mm -hmm. it's something you you know yeah it's very difficult very difficult for sure yeah all right doc yes <laughs> <laughs> i am the medical director so i handle all of the certifications for the patients and doing their recommendations in terms of what product they can get and the quantity um so it's just the basic certification process that I can handle. Cool. So, you know, it's great because I have all three of you guys on here. So I, I'm, we're going to get into different specifics about each of you guys' duties because I do want to get into the finance of it. Mm -hmm. Definitely want to get into marketing. And, of course, you want to get into the medical portion of it. So um, before we get into that, uh, how and what inspired you all to get into the cannabis marijuana business? Yeah, I think, I think that it would be really unique if we all hear – uh, if we hear each of our perspectives, because yeah. I think it's a little bit different. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, mine's being unique because I'm not a partaker, but I am business minded. So really, uh, a lot of a lot of my thoughts around it were kind of the financial benefits. Yeah. So it's a it's a growing industry. Uh, <clears throat> 2019, it was valued at nine billion dollars. Mm -hmm. 2027, it's valued at it's expected to be valued at over. Um, 70 billion dollars so if you think about like just that growth it's exponential growth yeah. and uh we're kind of in the inception stages of this industry Absolutely. so you know not just thinking about what we do so what we do we're kind of uh i mean for lack of better words we're the paper processors you yeah. know we're we're the ones that are uh getting your recommendations so you can use it medicinally we're not distributing but there's tons of different businesses um that you can get into and we can talk about that a little bit more in detail, but it was really kind of just the business side of it that lured me to it. Um, and then I guess besides that, I, 
I'm, I know a lot of people that have medical conditions that, you know, they, they, they smoke on a regular basis. And it was just interesting to learn more about how they can use this in a more healthy and um, healthy fashion to deal with different um, med- me- like medical issues. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it, we were, um, and I, I definitely want to get into you guys' story. I just want to say that, let the listening public know um, how you and I met. Yeah. We were, I went, it was at dinner. Yeah. And um, dinner for a mutual friend. And um, first of all, that was a terrible, it turned, <laughs> dinner turned out terrible. It was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> but, but very memorable. Very, very memorable, right? It was just like, it was just a weird, it turned out to a weird dinner. With very strange. Do you, weird vibes. Do you remember the name of the restaurant? I, I do, but I don't want to give nobody free promo. <laughs> but it was just a weird restaurant. And it's just a bunch of black dudes just sitting around a table like, yeah. what are we, what is going on? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was just weird, but. You know, can we talk about it a little bit? You want to talk, talk about the words? So, so just to guys, give you guys a little context, we went to a restaurant, and I think it's pretty highly rated. It is right, yeah. and it's actually a spinoff of a restaurant that's even more highly rated. Right, okay. it's by the the same owners, and we went there strictly for dinner. Yeah, as we go in, they <laughs> they tell us actually they tell some of us, not all of us, that we're going to have to pay an additional fee, right? And in, in about us. in about an hour for a very like wonky performance yes. that none of us wanted to view. Yeah, yeah, it was bad. It was um, <laughs> it was just a what am I gonna say? It's as it was, weird as it sounds. It was a it was a burlesque show with no rhythm, none, <laughs> none whatsoever. It was like what is what is happening? It was just like all types of awkward. Yeah, it was all types of awkward. I was like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to. Yeah, watch this. But it was it was a great dinner though because I got to meet you and agree. We struck up a conversation and I was like, oh okay, so I definitely want to have you on. So it was serendipitous. Yeah. in that manner. So thank you for that. So. Tell me, what do you, you know, how did you get into this business? Um, definitely financial reasons, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm also just like an entrepreneur, so I'm always thinking that way, like how to make money. Yeah. Um, and if I can't make money off of marijuana, I probably shouldn't be an entrepreneur, for sure. Yeah. Um, and this is also, Ingrid speaking, by the way. Mm-hmm. Yes. But also just the medicinal benefits of it. I mean, my brother um, has multiple sclerosis. He was addicted to opioids for a really long time, um, and he, can you hear me? Yes. Um, And marijuana is the only thing that helps him. So I think that there needs to be some way to bridge the gap between, um, like, the stigma of marijuana and the true benefits of it, because it is natural, it is holistic, um, but we've been told for so long that it's not. Mm Um, and just kind of overcoming overcoming that with our business. Yeah, I, I definitely want to get into like the stigma of it, you know, because that is something that is very pervasive within it's American culture, in particular. Mm-hmm. So, Doc. Yes. <laughs> how did you? So, I actually, it's funny because a few years ago, before I even like finished my residency and got into the field, I took my dad as a patient to go get his medical card. Mm. And I think that's where I kind of like struck up an interest in it. 
because I, I saw like all the benefits that it could have for him and like, um, just quality of life, yeah. you know, that it can improve for people. So I definitely, you know, am passionate about all of the, uh, benefits you know that it can have for people but um yeah getting getting out and uh into the field itself I think has really been you know <laughs> so, so you, you, what was your um before you jumping into the cannabis mm-hmm. what would you what were you going to focus on medical wise oh so I'm a family medicine yeah. my specialty is family medicine uh so I'm in primary care um and I still do that you know, aside from medical marijuana, but this is just like a, you know, subspecialty that I've kind of struck up an interest in. And I really wanted to go with that and make something out of it. Yeah, I get it. It's like, you know, it, in the legal field, I had, I can do different areas, but I really, really, really enjoy probate, you know, um, just to specialize in everything that represents, and especially I see, because there's a big need within, you know, especially the black community, there's not a lot of probate attorneys. And so, um, and we don't often talk about it. So yeah, I definitely can do it with that. Mm-hmm. So I'm sorry, you want to, oh. yeah, no, I mean that, that's great. And I think one of the things, and we, we, we'd probably touch on this a little bit um, later on, but one of the, one of the other reasons why um, we're passionate about this is because uh, this is a drug that has really negatively impacted the black community. And I, you know, I firmly believe that a large portion of our community is using this drug for medical reasons, whether it's to deal with anxiety, uh, to deal with insomnia, to deal with uh, depression, you know, various, various, uh, symptoms so like you know one of the things that we're passionate about is educating people on some of these benefits uh, with hopes of them um, going the legal route to continue using this to support those things and then also we're pretty passionate about giving back to the community as well so um, it's kind of strange being black and benefiting financially off of a drug that has oppressed our community so much. So what's leading to that though? Like, like what, like, what is that? Um, give me your thoughts on like this, you know, the black, black culture and the cannabis business. Like, what do you, what do you pull from that? Um, I historically mean, and everything that goes along with it. Yeah. I mean, historically it, it has been a substance that has, uh, oppressed us. Yeah. Right. It's been something that has a very strong negative stigma around it. And, um, it, that's been going on for years and years. And, um, it's just, it's just interesting, right. Yeah. For lack of better words, how years later, the medical industry yeah. and the medical community is basically highlighting all of these benefits that our communities have kind of realized for, for years to come, but yeah. we've been you know, punished because of it. Yeah, you know, in the in the part one of the podcast, I went through a detailed history of just um, how the you know, DEA was um, formulated and just how everything in the U.S. was created based off of stemmed from prohibition, and then because they got rid of prohibition, they still wanted to outlaw certain things. So we're like, all right, well, you know, marijuana is going to be one of those things, and. Um, the pejorative nature and how it really affected our community. Um, I, I didn't get into that specifically, but 
Yeah, I, I think at one point, and I don't know the numbers now, but you know, seventy percent of Black and Brown people in jail was through drug crimes. Yeah, and and I can imagine a number of those people were they cr- got criminal histories because of marijuana. Yeah, you exactly. know, it, it, I mean, yes, there were some doing harder drugs and like cocaine and dealing co- uh, trafficking cocaine and heroin, but from a large majority of it, it was primarily. Um, through the cannabis business, and I kind of liken that to like the lotto lotto system, um, because at one point lottery was illegal, and then once the and so that's how people ran numbers, right? In the seventies, the lot there was no real lotto system, and then um, the, the government decided, oh, I think we can people are actually paying money to gamble, you know, and we can tax this. This became a taxable revenue. Oh, so let's go ahead and make this into a legal entity, mm-hmm. right? And so that thus the lotto, the lotto um, commission was created, and nationally, each state has their own lotto commission, right? But you think about it: how many people went to jail or prison for running numbers for the very thing that they just they legalized, you know, later on? And I look at that as in the same scope of this, like it's it's illegal or it's not of brand until we deem it so. And that's kind of like really the whole purpose of this podcast, like uncultured bias, because in the premise of this, I say, and as far as, especially in regards to black culture, something is not deemed, you know, mainstream until they deem it mainstream. And then all of a sudden, oh yeah, that's great. You know, but before that, it's not, it's, not, it's kind of like a taboo, mm-hmm. right? And so they deem it's uncultured. You know, they say it's not it's not sophisticated until they say sophisticated. Mm-hmm. And that's how I deem, you know, cannabis, right? I deem cannabis as a, it's, it's an industry that, right, you know, rightfully so, it's a great way to, for growth. But wrongfully so, you know, they have now, they're now profiteering off of it, you know, when other people have had their backs broken from it. And, and not only that, but there's still people that are in jail for it. And nobody yeah. is like advocating to get these people, you know, clemency or pardon them or, you know, and these people have literally sat in jail for 30 plus years. Like that's my entire life over something that is, you know, legal, which right. is insane. Right. You know, go ahead. Yeah. Right. And if you think about the implications of having, you know, like uh, <clears throat> a, a drug related um, crime on your record, uh, even the ones that are not in jail anymore, they struggle with getting a job mm-hmm. or like a, a well-paying job. Um, and uh, so if you think about kind of the effects on our community and the effects on like not just now and historically, but even as you move forward, mm-hmm. you know, families that have lost bread bearers, families that have lost, um, you know, children within their family unit and uh, dreams that have been kind of crushed um, based on laws around something that now is becoming uh, widely accepted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's sad, you know, and I, I love that you brought that up with nobody's trying to uh, seek clemency for the people. Right. Um, because imagine sitting in prison and then, you're reading a headline and you're like, Oh, this company is worth 700 you know, million dollars. And you're like, what? Mm-hmm. 
for the thing I'm in jail for, the thing I'm in prison for, or you're not even in prison. You're like billions, billions, right? And then you, you and you're like, you might, you might even be in prison or may not even be incarcerated, but you do have a record. And you're like, oh, wait a minute. So you're right. I can't even get a job for this because I have, I'm, you know, got a criminal record. But this is a billion dollar empire, and I, I'm not going to give any free promo to this other attorney. Um, I mentioned him on the first podcast, but he's a big criminal, I mean, big personal injury attorney in Central Florida, and he has he's you know pushed for medical marijuana and the whole thing. You guys kind of nodding head. Mm-hmm. Um, I could just imagine, you know, people watching him be like, "Oh, he's advocating for the very thing that I can't even get into this business," you know. And so I, I want to talk about. Um, I mentioned it in the first one, like how he pushed for it, but what people didn't realize is that. He already had plants, land, land yeah. ready to go, cultivate, cultivated, and factories, and he's already had the things. He had the resources and the money to get into this business. So you know, it was like it's just another way for him uh, to you know profiteer, and it wasn't because out of the kindness of his heart, despite what his commercials may have been telling you, right? right? Um, so I don't know if you guys are comfortable, but breaking down, like, how does one get into this business? Because it seems like it seems really, really, really difficult to like get into the cannabis business. Did anybody want to? I mean, it's similar to having like a liquor license, right? So it has to do with your connections, your money. Um, there's only a, a very limited amount of licenses that you can get in order to grow or to distribute. Um, and a lot of the big companies, like you had said, already have taken those. Mm. Um, that's why I think it's so big for us to just keep speaking out about the fact that that does exist. Like it's disproportionately, it has disproportionately become a white industry. Yeah. Um, and there's very quickly, very quickly. Yeah. Um, you know, and it, you can go into the topic of like generational wealth with black. We can go into that. Yeah. I don't care. This is my pod. I, I don't mean, care. Yeah, we can. It's cool. I yeah. think that's what, I think that's what, um, is, is most difficult, right? Because if you think about, the black community and you think about um, them not being able to profit off of something that they have been oppressed for. Mm-hmm. And then for the white industry to just come in and take over all of those licensing and take over all of those jobs. And, you know, now they're growing and now they're doing all of these things and distributing. Um, it's not fair. It's not right. <laughs> but it's reality. Right? And it is reality. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's so, I mean, it's, it's crazy. Like, I remember when the law, medical marijuana law passed, was 2018, and, you know, I had, I have certain clients that were like, oh, yeah, now now it's legalized, I'm about to be in this business, you know, and then they soon realized very quickly that it was very difficult for them to even get into this business, because it was already sopped up, and all the hurdles just for them to even have a medical marijuana license, so imagine this scenario, imagine you've been may or may not have been dealing in a certain industry for a while that has been illegal. And you know everything about this particular business. You know the people. You know the customers, mm-hmm. right? You know everything about it. <clears throat> and now that it's legal, you're like, okay, rub your hands. Like, this is perfect because I know all about real estate. <laughs> I'm just going to say real, I know all about real estate, right? I just been dealing with under the table, but now real estate's legal. And they say, oh, but you can't be a um, real estate agent. Mm-hmm. Like, wait a minute. I know everything there is to know about real estate i've been dealing with real estate for the last 10 years what do you mean i can't get a license mm-hmm. 
that's exactly what it's like for in the cannabis industry, you know, at least for the people I know that unfortunately they still have to like deal under the table almost because it's like, how do you even get involved in something that, you know, all, you know, everything about, you know? So I know I just went off on a little tangent, but (laughs) it's, but it, but it's completely true. The, the barriers of entry are uh, very real. Mm -hmm. Um, Even if you think about, um, so our side of the business, you don't need a a license Mm -hmm. to, um, to, do recommendations for the cards. Yeah. But, but what you do need is you need a, a doctor, yeah. a physician on staff, yeah. you know, imagine um, just the, the upfront investment that you have to make to hire a uh, physician to work for you yeah. until you're able to uh, break even. Right. Right. And then marketing costs, et cetera. So like that's one end of the business, you know, the card recommendation side of the business. If you start thinking about a dispensary, uh, to open up a dispensary, you have to have millions of dollars and, 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 uh, in a bond. So I'm not sure if you guys know what a bond is, but Break a it bond, down. yeah, a bond essentially is an investment vehicle that you can't touch. Yeah. So you put that money in a bond and you can't touch it. And the purpose is basically to ensure that you have the financial backings to keep that business afloat right throughout the entire year, regardless if you make a dollar or not, you know, and and we're not talking about a bond of ten dollars. We're talking about a bond of, you know, millions of dollars Um, on top of the fact that you have to have highly skilled professionals on staff on top of the fact that you have to build out your facility to certain specifications Mm. on top of the fact that um, you have to get this license that, you know, is going to involve some, some, some extent of politicking, right? Because there's only a limited amount of uh, licenses. How many licenses are there? Do you think, you know, Um, I mean, there's, it, there's not more than 30. I I can tell you that much. I don't think it's in the hundreds. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely like, I mean, I think, 30s and belows it it varies uh by state you know so like if you look at different states that have um medicinal or uh recreational marijuana it it varies so and i mean you can imagine there's a ton of people on these waiting lists and then if you think about cultivation i've heard those waiting lists are like in the thousands yeah is it it, am i it being extreme there or is that true? Oh no, I was shaking my head because I'm just like, yeah, yeah that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> there's, yeah, there's definitely a huge wait list, but also in the state of Florida, you can't even grow your for yourself. Mm-hmm. You're you're forced to shop at the dispensary. Yeah, which is interesting. Yeah, yeah, and then so you know we 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 talked basically about the cards, and I'll, I'll get I'll get off the subject. No, no, yeah, no, I don't. It's it's cool. I'm. But we talked yeah. about the cards. We talked about like dispensaries. If we talked about if we talk about growing or cultivating, right? Like yeah. you need uh, your land has to be zoned, yeah, in a specific area. So yeah. you have to buy land that somehow or, or, or another is uh, deemed good for for growing. Um, and how do you know that before it's deemed good for growing? Do you just buy land and just wait around? No, right. You've <laughs> yeah. already had it. You probably already had it tested. <laughs> yeah, you know, and you've, you've already politicked with these people. Like this would be the area, and that would need to grow. And you're like, oh, okay, well, I have money. I can go ahead and buy ten acres. Mm-hmm. You know, and those people are the ones that lobbied for recreational marijuana. You right. know what I mean? Like those are the people that 
we're advocating for it to be legal because people in the medical industry know that it's beneficial. That doesn't matter. Right. You know what I mean? What matters is like the lobbyist. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I mean, uh, that's just it. So yeah, there's definitely a lot of uh, barriers of entry as you think about getting mm-hmm. into this business. And it's definitely disproportionate as we think about like uh, skin colors yeah. that are that are managing these businesses. You know what it, it sounds like? Um, just being silly here, but it's like you have to, yes, you might be in a business, but you still have to go wholesale with, because there's only so many dispensers you can shop from, right? Mm-hmm. So you have to get the plug. Who's the, who's going to be the plug, right? Anybody watch the drug shows know, like, you still have to, like, I have to be introduced to the plug in order to really make a profit. And so there's only so many plugs in the state of Florida, right? And... If you know that people are going to have to come to me, you know, in order to, you know, get their product, I can set the price. And it's already been monopolized, Mm -hmm. you know. And I don't know how many plugs there are in Florida, but I can probably count them on one hand. Mm -hmm. You know, how many people are actually have dispensaries in this big state. Yeah, for sure. Um. Go ahead. Yeah, and that's and that's how it works as well. If you think about it from a monopoly standpoint, like if you have if you have a license um, <clears throat> within the state of Florida, it's not a license that's city specific. Right. So once you have that license, you can open up, you know, across the across the state lines. But if there's only a limited amount of people that have these uh, licenses, right, it's very easy to monopolize because your competition is slim to none yeah right like you can you can name all the dispensaries if you're if you're if you purchase at dispensaries you probably know all of the dispensaries within the state of florida right you know it's not like um fast food restaurants right right right, you know there's a million options that's so crazy to me that is so crazy it's three years and and industry's almost already cut off Mm -hmm. you know and what's the fascinating thing I, i on the like so the part one I, we talked about the long history of um, alcohol and it's had eighty years to kind of establish itself in the country as a stylized natural um, part of lifestyle. You know, like people will say, "Oh, I'm gonna go ahead and have a drink after work or whatever," or "I'm gonna have a drink in the office." You know, or there's vodka commercials and you know rum commercials and bourbon, and it's like it, it's an idealized thing of cool right but imagine in 30 years it's an idealized it could be 20 years it might be something idealized for you know smoking a joint after work because i'm just want to be relaxed but the the gag is yes we're still in the beginning throes of this industry but it's already closed off to only a certain amount of people can even benefit so you might already have the quote-unquote monopolized companies um to, you know, like the Philip Morris, you know, Philip Morris was a big um, cigarette brand or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And so you, you already might already have the Philip Morris is already establishing their companies and we haven't even launched yet as far as an industry, mm-hmm. you know, which is really, really crazy to me. Yeah. Yeah. So. I, I completely agree. And I mean, you know, to throw out some positivity in there because <laughs> it does sound, you know, a little dim. I mean, this is why it's important to lobby. Yeah. Right. Or to kind of um, get your voice out there as it relates to um, figuring out how we can 
kind of even the the playing field as we think about um, the marijuana industry because it's very very new, right? There's going to be a ton of jobs hopefully that open up because of uh, once this goes nationally. And uh, definitely a lot of opportunities to um, start new businesses or whatnot. So, yeah, yeah one of the things that we're, uh, we talked about in part one was how there's going to be a smattering of so many different types of business. Graphic artists, you know, um, the person who I had on, uh, her name is Val DeCoriat, and she's the uh, market, chief marketing for TrueLeave. And something that's fascinating, she said, you, by law, you can't even have um, marijuana commercials on TV. Yes. You know, and so we've tried struggles, the yeah. struggles of marketing your business yes. once you get in business. Right. And definitely want to talk about that. But it's like it's just how she said it. You have to be creative. But just thinking about the industry, once the restrictor plates will come off, there's going to be so many different jobs and people have to start thinking about that. Like, OK, you may not be able to own a dispensary, but you might be able to open up a public relations firm start setting yourself up for, you know, for cannabis. Like I, we are going to focus in on cannabis marketing, you know, cause we know that's how we're going to be. We, we know the, the product or the customers, or I'm going to be, I'm going to work on like so, someone said, uh, um, uh, graphic design, you know what I mean? Cause she, she mentioned how if you are a great graphic designer and you know, and uh, like she said, we're looking for people. Literally she said, we're looking for people cause it's hard to market in this industry. Um, but um, you guys want to talk about that? Like this marketing is how the difficulties in that. I mean, you're super restricted. Like you have to say um, herbal or hemp or CBD. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't say anything THC or marijuana related. Um, and I'm not sure if that's like, because if it's federally legal or that's exactly what it is. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's difficult <laughs> for sure. Yeah. I mean, um, you, you can't, so if you think about opening up one of these businesses, you can't uh, pay for posts on Facebook. Wow. It, yeah, it's automatically flagged. Uh, Even on Google, you can't have, you know, certain things with marijuana leaves or, wow. and it's hard to, I mean, we have people call all the time thinking that we're a dispensary <laughs> because you can't, there, there's, yeah, you just can't say anything marijuana related. Yeah, and uh, same with Instagram. Can't pay for Instagram posts. Wow. Yeah. So, um, you to 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 your point earlier. Um, yeah, I I think that there's definitely an opportunity for marketing firms to specialize in this because mm-hmm. there's going to be a growing need, and um, that regulation is not going to change because if you think about like the tobacco industry, you know, like or, or alcohol, um, there's regulations around how that's marketed as well. So um, it might be so it's not uh, targeted towards minors or it's not targeted in general to a certain population or whatnot. So there's definitely a need for uh, people that specialize in, and understand how to navigate that landscape. Yeah. And marketing, I feel like, is a, an important part in normalizing it, right? Because a lot of times people still have this really fucked up idea of what how what marijuana does like the current president still i know i know when he was in the, getting the democratic debates he said it's a um what is it called a transition drug 
you know, it was, it was a gateway drug. Gateway drug. Gate, gateway drug. And, I mean, there are scores of studies telling you that's not true. But you guys want to talk about, or Doc, do you want to talk about the stigma <laughs> behind it? And, like, how do you defeat the stigma of that? Or maybe you don't want to talk. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I think it really is, like, education, right? Yeah. Everything that's societal that has any kind of, um, what's the word, like, that pe- I don't know. That's just like looked down upon is is lack of education. Mm-hmm. Just educating people on like true benefits of it, um, how it's not. I mean, him and I go at it all the time because I'm always like, let's put marijuana leaves everywhere, and he's like, no, that's like um, that's weed culture, and I'm like, but we're in the weed business. You know so what I mean? Walk me through that. Like, what's it? What, talk me. What the, yeah. you know? Why you don't want to get into weed? What is weed culture? Let's break that down. So. Uh, Weed culture to me is when you think of weed, what it, what's the first thing that pops to your mind? Smiley faces, mm-hmm. you know, red eyes, yeah. big big buds, mm-hmm. lava lamps, maybe tie dye t shirts, yeah. you know, music festivals, etc. So it's like, <clears throat> and and this is something that I'm pretty passionate about. I uh, I really think that we need to change the stigma around marijuana and i think that to an extent we can do that by breaking away from what weed culture and shining a new light on it right Mm -hmm. so yeah we have debates about this all the time because when we're talking about marketing um she's just like oh you know like let's just put the big smiley face on our shirts or brands or whatnot and i'm like we have to think about um professionals who I want to be, feel comfortable um, wearing our brands or, you yeah. know, like people that might be a little bit more conservative, comfortable um, with our brands. We're not just thinking about, you know, the demographic that has done a lot of, you know, like underground mm-hmm. um, uh, smoking or partaking, right. whether it's through edibles or topicals, etc. cetera. But uh, we want to think about like the new uh, demographic or population that are starting to embrace the benefits of marijuana. And I think that breaking away from kind of some of the stigmas will help. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I, I can understand that. It's like, you don't want to put a drunk on a cover of a, you know, of a, of a alcoholic magazine, right? Cause nobody wants to see a hobo drunk guy, like, <laughs> Yeah. In his own urine, like, you know, he, or someone throwing up, right? Even though we know the after effects of liquor, like, no, you don't see that advertised, mm-hmm. you know, the booziness of liquor, right? You just see, like, people smiling, having fun. You see working professionals, right? Like, people who are very enjoying life, and clearly they have a beer in their hand, but they're playing volleyball, yeah. right? <laughs> right? So, you know, uh, you know like, like, first of all, who... It was like sometimes you look at these bear commercials and like you're like they're playing they just got playing done playing beach volleyball. Hey, throw me a beer. <laughs> you know, you're like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm not after sweating, I don't want beer after I just got this sweating. <laughs> Give me Gatorade. Give, Give me some water. <laughs> right. <laughs> right? But that's the imagery. Like they don't show people doing keggers. Right. And these commercials. Right. They show people doing regular activities in life. And I just so happen to be having, you know, Remy Martin sitting there. You know what I mean? So. um, So, yeah. And and it's going to be interesting in the next, I'd say, five, ten years, how 
they market, you know, this particular industry, right? Is it going to be the mom who's stressed out from her kids and, okay, I just, I just got to drop the kids off from daycare. I'm going to go ahead and smoke a joint before my, my 9 o'clock meeting. But that's normalizing it, right? That's like, oh, okay. And, and she's able to function because she's a, you know, I'm, now I'm giving off some free game here. But it's like she's able to function and she's just smoked a joint. But now she's pr- pouring through her work emails. Blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean? She's clear-headed and everything like that. She's not, you know, I just smoked half my day away and I didn't do shit with my day. <laughs> yeah. Right? It's um, getting rid, rid of this stigma mm-hmm. of... Um, uh, of the uh, um, uh, cannabis and uh, quote unquote getting away from like weed culture. Yeah. 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 And I mean, you know, because if you think about, if you think about this again, and you know, I, I speak a lot in business terms, but if you think about the demographics that we're attracting, right, there are people that are younger and they really into uh, weed culture. And then we have, you have different groups that are really, solely focused on the the uh the true medical benefits of uh of this and like putting you know hazed out eyes on a smiley face is not really going to be what's uh what what attracts them so i will say that that wasn't my idea (laughs) (laughs) but in her defense (laughs) the 80s the 90s are back the smiley faces are in i was like let's put a little bit of weed eyes on it you know she's just trying to get retro just get retro we we can give out munchies at our events like but yeah i definitely agree with lifestyle branding um, I, I, I did not. I did not mean to attack Ingrid. You know, I just <laughs> this was not the. It wasn't this, you. It was Chad. Yeah, it was the, the attack. And now we just got done attacking Ingrid. That was a, that was a special part of the show. Thank you to our sponsors. <laughs> so, um. Yeah, I didn't want to break up the the happy home. <laughs> no, she's she's completely right. I'm wrong. <laughs> yes, there, there you go. He's learning. He's learning. There you go. There you go. Um, so, I do want to talk about the medical benefits of it. So, Doc, yes. show you this alley oop. I'm like Dwayne Wade. I just threw it off the bathboard, and you're LeBron James. Go ahead. And All drink right. It. Yeah. So what do you want to know specifically? Just talk me, walk me through it. Like, Let's talk about maybe the uh, conditions that qualify that you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah mm. There's, there's a, like a core list of qualifying conditions. Um, some examples of that are like multiple sclerosis, like she was saying, Parkinson's disease, which is my own father. That's what his diagnosis was for his certification. Mm-hmm. Um, anxiety, depression. We get a lot of people with chronic pain, regardless of what's the cause of that chronic pain. Yeah. The fact that they have to live with it. I my mean, kids, my chronic chronic pain. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> migraines, migraines. Migraine, right. Yeah, migraines is a qualifying <laughs> condition. <laughs> so, like, there's there's all sorts of conditions that like. PTSD. Yeah, PTSD is another core condition. Like anxiety and depression kind of stem off of PTSD. When you're qualifying somebody, if they have a diagnosis of anxiety, yeah, it's not PTSD, but it's similar in the sense that it helps with those same symptoms that a person might be having experiencing like an anxiety attack or a panic attack. So, you know, it's it's just a matter of kind of uh, catering it towards what kind of relief they're looking for so like you mentioned multiple sclerosis right mm-hmm. how does cannabis help with multiple sclerosis so it's in a sense more so i think 
to help the quality of life for the patient so that they're not in so much pain because it is a condition that can cause a lot of chronic pain. Um, that's the main reason a lot of multiple sclerosis patients come to us is because they're dealing with pain. And this is what, you know, gives them relief rather than opiates and, you know, narcotics, things like that. So it's it's a great alternative for patients to kind of try to transition away from the drugs that, yeah. you know, they don't want to be on it, but maybe they're addicted, maybe, you know, mm-hmm. certain situations. But it's a lot of patients we get that are just trying to get away from that and into something else that can kind of help give them relief, but not kind of Im- impair them to the degree that like, yeah, you could overdose and, and die if you take these drugs, but like you can't overdose on marijuana. It's just not a thing. So uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I thought I was overdosing on marijuana before. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> it's like but, you go to sleep and you're fine the next day. No, right. no harm, no foul. Yeah. You just feel uncomfortable for a yeah. little bit. But a know? lot of like the um, like neurological things though, like pe- they can't sleep. You know, it helps yeah. with insomnia. Insomnia for um, sure. Tremors. Mm-hmm. What about yeah. the addictive? Um, you know, a portion of it is, or is that something that's nominal? Uh, so they, they do the state in their consent forms, you know, they say it has the potential for addiction and things like that, but it's, I think the addiction that people refer to is more so psychological than anything else, because there's an addiction when if you stop a drug, you're going to have consequences. Your body is going to fight you back. Your body's going to, you know, it's not happy because you stopped this drug, but that's not the case with marijuana. It's, I think the addiction is really, they they want the relief that they had when they were using it. So I don't consider that to be like, oh, I'm addicted to marijuana. It's, you're addicted to the effect that it gives you because that's what you want. You, right. you want to not have anxiety, to not have pain. You want to sleep again. Right. <laughs> and I just think there's a big difference between that so-called addiction and addiction because you will, you could literally, you know, either die worst case or just like have really bad side effects mm-hmm. and withdrawals and withdrawal yeah. symptoms. You don't have yeah. withdrawals with weed. Yeah. Like, like opioids, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those are honestly the main thing. <laughs> Why is it, what is it, or maybe, I don't know if you can speak on it. I don't know. Um, about the cannabis plant though, that makes it so effective. You guys, is there something within that plant so the, the cannabinoids, the, the THC itself and the CBD, those are the main components. Mm-hmm. And really, you know, depending on what you're trying to treat, you want to gear it towards, you know, do I want more THC in this product or do I need more CBD in this product? Because right. um, the THC is really the main pain reliever out of the two. CBD is great for anti-inflammatory um, and it does help with pain. But I think the THC is really the component that's necessary for someone who has like severe chronic pain, yeah. you know, some things just aren't going to touch that. Yeah. And that's, that's the reason a lot of people are turned off by like over the counter CBD products or, you know, just things that you can get at like the gas station or the smoke shop, you know? Yeah. Um, I guess I, I, this guy goes into the next question. Mm-hmm. So you talk about CBD and talk about the different ways to consume the product. Um, you want to maybe break that down to some of the people, like, you know, like different ways that... The different routes yeah. of administration. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and this is basically a kind of rundown of how the recommendations work in Florida. They split everything into a category. 
Um, so with cannabis, you know, there's oral that includes things like capsules, the tinctures. What are um, tinctures? Tinctures <laughs> are the droppers, you know, when you have like a, like, you know, those eye droppers. Oh, okay. I don't know what you call them really, but, <laughs> right. but it's like the oils basically okay. that you can put either sublingually or like on food. Oh, okay. Yeah. What, what, is, sub, on food? what is sublingually? Sublingually <laughs> is under the tongue. Sorry, I'm not used to having to <laughs> like put everything in layman's terms. Yes, I'm sorry. Because I'm, I'm stupid. Not no, everybody's no, a doctor. No, that's not it. <laughs> yes, yes, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> so, what was I saying? You were talking about orally. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> right, so there's the oral products. There's the edibles that just recently got approved. A lot of people were making their own up until last year. Um, but now they can actually sell them in the dispensaries, which I don't know why they couldn't before, because if you're already selling THC, what's the difference? <laughs> um, but they approve the edibles finally. So now people can actually purchase edibles. Um, that's its own category. There's topical products. What are, what are edibles? <laughs> well, edible <laughs> is a regular word in the human vocabulary. <laughs> so, <laughs> What is the word? <laughs> so, you know, gummies. Can I phone a friend? <laughs> gummies, chocolate bars, you know, brownies, things that are edible. Right. <laughs> so topical products lotions creams ointments there's like patches people can use um there's the inhalation products which just reverse to anything that you can vaporize like a vape cartridge distillates concentrates i find um, that more popular people are vaping people are using those pe using pens mm -hmm. um rather than you know traditional rolling up flour yeah the flour that's its own category too okay what is that <laughs> So that's just the actual bud, um, okay. you know, so if people want the plant itself, if they want to be able to grind it, roll it themselves or to cook with it, they request that the flower is part of their recommendation so that they're able to purchase the plant itself. Otherwise, you're pretty much limited to, you know, oral, topical, edible, inhalation versus meaning vape products. Mm. So the flower is like a specific category that needs to be tacked on. And that wasn't even always allowed that just got that was passed I think when I first got into the business so I wasn't around before they approved that yeah. so I don't know how people took it I'm sure they were not happy <laughs> but now that they can actually get flour you know yeah it's a much better situation for everybody um go ahead I'm sorry no no yeah I, so I, I want to ask you about different strands um, Ingrid's nodding her head like, I, I can talk on this. Well, I'm just saying, like, I know there's strains that don't work for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Like, because I, I mean, THC, like, you can have, I mean, it, it does have psychoactive effects, mm -hmm. you know? So, I mean, I've been super paranoid before. I've had, it's almost given me more anxiety. Um, depending on the strain. Yeah, yeah, depending yeah. on the strain. <laughs> and, but I know other people do better. Yeah. So let's, I mean, cause I don't know all the strains off. So, yeah, I think, I think it's, it's, it would be really interesting to talk about like the differences between the uh, sativa yeah. Indica. Yeah. And, yeah. Then, and then also maybe talk about one of the benefits of getting medicinal marijuana as opposed to uh, the stuff that you can get off the street. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So let's, let's <coughs> lean into that. All right. So sativa and indica, indica. hybrids. Yes. Yeah. So let's talk about those. What so is, what is <laughs> give you my yeah. spiel. <laughs> yeah, what is sativa? So basically with the cannabis um, and most people are probably already aware of this, but there are 
uh, categories of strains. So there's sativa. Um, those are considered more used for the daytime. Uh, they help with like energizing, stimulating. They really help with productivity, at least in my experience, a lot of my patients' experience. Um, so they're great for during the day use. You know, you just have to know how much, how often, you know, how to use it to the point where it's not getting you so high that you can't function. I actually had a friend <laughs> who shall remain nameless <laughs> in law school. Every time we studied, he would smoke. It helped. And I was like, how are you doing this? But it would help his memory. His memory, and he'd be like a machine afterwards. Mm -hmm. So, like, literally, I get to his house. All right, you know, I got to smoke first. And so he would you go, <laughs> you would go, and I would wait for him to finish up. He, he couldn't do that before you got to the house? <laughs> he couldn't, it's like he would he would wait for me to get there. I, but you know what? Just maybe to tease you. No, I think well, maybe. Maybe so the effects were fresh. Fresh, yeah. That's what I think. So the effects were kind of like more active. You know, because I, I probably would have showed up 30 minutes late or something like that, right? Yeah. So he would wait till I get there. He'd do, his, he'd do his bid for like 15 minutes. He's like, all right, I'm ready to go. Ready? Let's go. And so... He at that time he might have been smoking a sativa, right? Yeah. So it's something to keep his mind going and his energy and things of that nature. Yeah, like patients with ADHD specifically, um, I think benefit from sativa strains because that's what helps increase their focus. Mm -hmm. So you know, another qualifying condition. ADHD. <laughs> yeah, um, and there's like a couple good strains for it, like oh, green yeah. crack, green urban crack. poison. Mm -hmm. Those my favorites. Those are my top two sativa strains. Yeah. If anybody wanted to what know. What are they called? <laughs> Green Crack and Durban Poison. <laughs> my mom's listening Very, like. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, know, I know they sound weird, but right. they're great sativa strains. So if anybody was looking for one, like you should try those. Specifically for productivity. Yeah. Yes. yes. And, then, and then what's good? So I know we haven't talked about the other strains, but um, what's, what's great about medicinal marijuana is consistency right yeah. so like if you buy something off the street they can tell you you know you're getting i don't know green crack they could say anything <laughs> right <laughs> they they, but but it's not going to be the same every single time it might not even be green crack right. and uh very based on the strains right you're gonna have different effects yeah so like what Ingrid was saying uh, earlier that some of them may increase your anxiety. You can do research on mm -hmm. the different strains, uh, the medicinal strains, and it will tell you, right? Like what are exactly the effects everything. and then what are the potential side effects? So you can kind of, you can really fine tune mm -hmm. what you're using to make sure that it, uh, it works with you to the best, you know, yeah, it works with you. So like that's that's something that I think is a real big benefit of going the medicinal route as opposed to going, you know, and buying things off the street. Yeah. You know, yeah. You, can, the, you can tailor it to yeah. like your condition. And one of the big cons of uh, buying it off the street is it's le illegal. So, uh, not, not sure if it's that's not a big deal. <laughs> uh, says, says the only attorney here. Uh, uh, humbug. That's not that bad. Bahumbug. Bahumbug. <laughs> what is legal if you don't get caught? <laughs> that's true. That's a good point. Well, yeah, it's, it's, you gotta think. You gotta think, you know? Yeah. Um, so uh, go on, Shima, okay. tell us more. So besides the sativa, there's the indica strains, and those are um, more so popular for the evening. They yeah. help with sleep, um, insomnia. Uh, they're probably the better of the two strains if you want something to help relax your um, 
like muscle spasms or your pain, it really uh, helps with the latter half of the day. I think if you use it in the beginning, you may or may not get drowsy. So that's yeah. <laughs> that's your call. But um, it's meant mostly for for nighttime use. I would say. What are some good strains that you recommend? Indica, I would think. Like if you have insomnia. Nine pound hammer. Yeah. Uh, I guess I guess nine pound hammer. Nine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nine pound hammer is good. Granddaddy purple. Um, Dosi do. I think those are. I haven't tried that one myself, so I'm not sure if research you know. project. Yeah, research, right, I, I right. definitely, I definitely want to create like some kind of a guide for strains. Like I you want should. to, I want to a grow my own and create my own. That's a goal. Two, I want to just kind of like, I'm going to call it cannabis chronicles. I know I told you guys if I'm serious. I want to make Everyone something. Everyone has to sign an NDA. Yeah. You can't, you can't. Everybody listening. Everybody listening. Everybody listening. You check, your, check your inbox. Right. It's coming right now. <laughs> Don't steal my shit. Yeah, but I would definitely, I would have a great time doing that. And it's just, I think it would benefit a lot of people who are, who are interested in that sort of thing. Yeah. You know, like trying to figure out what strain is right for them, what this strain does, what that strain does. So Shad, you've been in, you've been in the barbershop before, right? Yes. You know how like the old school barbershop thing, it had like the different type of haircuts. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I went to number three. Yeah, there, there you go. See, see, I'm giving off all types of free game. I, feel, I need to get into marketing. I need to get into marketing. That's, I agree. Yeah, that is, you know, give me the number three. You know, give me. Uh, I had the number four. It wasn't that great for me. You know, so. Yeah, that's yeah. the. Um, that's great. What are, what about, I know you mentioned hybrids, but mm -hmm. what if you're with your special lady or a special, special male and you wanted something. For Let's the, get it on. Right, <laughs> right. You know, I think it, in that case, probably the more THC, the better, because it's, it, it arouses you more like products that are ratioed. You'll see ones good for arousal mm -hmm. because the THC proportion is much higher. So explain to me the THC because you kind of you leaned right into it. You, oh, sorry, got yeah. it. Got it. You, you leaned right into the question. I was going to ask you. <laughs> I was going to ask you about THC. Like, what? Walk me through why THC levels matter. So when you're talking about certain conditions, like mainly in the realm of like mental health disorders, like yeah. depression, anxiety, PTSD, ADHD, things like that, you mainly want to incorporate a higher amount of CBD into your product. So when you go to dispensaries, and I'm not sure if, you know, off the street, this is ever a thing, probably not. Um, but there's ratio products in dispensaries, like ones that they actually create to contain certain amounts of CBD and certain amounts of THC so that it's controlled. So the products that are going to have more CBD in them in terms of the ratio to THC, yeah, those are more beneficial, more effective whether people, you know, feel the psychoactive effects of it or not, the benefits of it are still there, mm -hmm. but it's just going to be without the psychoactivity, without the high. Yeah. So that's, I think that's what most people don't realize when, you know, when you're talking about the stigma is that they just think anything they use will get them high. And that's not true. Mm. <laughs> There's lots of products that don't. Yeah. <laughs> so what are some good ratios? Well, I mean, one to one is going to be the most common ratio you're going to see. It's, it's used a lot for both pain, for mental health. Um, I think what draws people to it is because it's 
it's what it sounds, you know, one-to-one, it's a 50-50 split of CBD and THC. Whereas most products that you're going to smoke or vape, they're like, you know, the vape cartridges especially, they're just like 70, 80% THC. And there's like (laughs) 0.06% like CBD in there. So it's just, those are not the same kind of products. And I, and I, would hate for patients to get confused and think, you know, this is going to get me high, so I just don't even want to try it. Mm -hmm. You know, so one-to-one is a common ratio. Like I said, a lot of the ones that are higher on the CBD side, like you might see four-to-one or nine-to-one. I think some places even have 18-to-one. There's there's all kinds of ratios out there. You just have to look for them and, and, you know, seek them out. I also think, like, it's important to note that CBD at, like, the smoke shop is completely different than CBD that you're getting at, the at dispensary. a dispensary. Yeah. Um, like, if you go to a smoke shop and get CBD, it's probably mostly, like, gummy bears and, like, a little <laughs> bit of, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, 18 to 1 ratio of gummy bears to CBD. Right. But <laughs> at a dispensary, like, it's it's true CBD. And, um, with, and with THC in there is what enhances its effects. Yeah. Because if you just use a CBD product minus THC, you might feel something, maybe your sensitivity or tolerance is very low, your pain threshold, or your level of pain that you're experiencing is lower. So maybe it works for you because there are people that claim, you know, this is great, it does work. Mm -hmm. And I believe that, but I don't think it works. (laughs) You know, that's fine. Yeah, it could could be. I I like them. I think it works. It works for me for sure. For some people, it does. What I just find that for the majority, it doesn't. And so that's what we're trying to, you know, bridge the gap there because there are people who need something more than that. And the people who are like, oh, but it's working. It's fine. You're just, you're probably not doing it right, (laughs) you know? And it's like, no, I think (laughs) you need some THC in there as, as bad as, you know, people think that sounds it, it's necessary. It helps with the whole full spectrum effect of the cannabis. So that was a great session right there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very educational. Yeah. And that's actually <laughs> why I wanted to do this pod to, you know, break it down and let everybody hear the different strands and mm-hmm. just, again, we're walking away from the stigma of it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you want to get into the soccer mom <laughs> smoking, which they, they actually do. Yeah. Oh, they, oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it, it's not, I know it's taboo, but it's, um, it's more people who you might not think oh, yeah. are partaking in this particular thing and because it's become more normalized. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to ask you a silly question, but what do you guys think about like these celebrities that are involved in the, the business? Like um, Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen. <laughs> James Franco. Because <laughs> he's high all the time. Snoop D-O-double-G. Snoop. Mike Tyson. I think Jay-Z just got into it. He's got it. one, yeah. yeah. I joked one day on on uh, Facebook that Jay Z's gonna charge you like eighty bucks for some mid. <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna charge. He's gonna charge you like some some ridiculous price. Yeah, of you course. You know, um, but like, what are your thoughts? I know Purple Urkel. Someone actually debated me on that. They were like, "Oh, that's a dumb name." I'm like, "That's an ingenious name." What are you talking about? <laughs> like, okay, walk me through the like. What is a great cannabis name? Like, what goes into a great can? This memorability, right? That's what it is. Yeah, Maui Wowie. I don't yeah. think Houseplant is Buddha. a very good one. <laughs> no. Yeah, like Seth Rogen's is called Houseplant, but he does have really cool stuff. Like, he has the vinyls um, that like go with certain strains. Mm. That is cool. Which yeah. that's pretty dope. 
Yeah, I have a friend who uh, gifted another friend a vinyl and a strain of, uh, of weed mm-hmm. to try while listening to the vinyl because mm. essentially it's a match made in heaven. Mm. Yeah, so, I mean, even if you start thinking about that again, right, tune in your business mind and you yeah. think about how you can maybe market strains of weed yeah. with different like uh enhancers mm-hmm. that's that's really a really interesting business model mm-hmm. yeah yeah but you were asking about celebrities who were yeah i mean i'm just talking i mean yeah we're just yeah celebrities <laughs> and i just think it's I, like I it's just, humorous it's humorous yeah i love snoop <laughs> everybody I would, loves snoop. i would love to smoke with snoop and martha oh, stewart yes yes together i would yeah. just love to sit in on that I don't want. I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to smoke with Snoop. Why not? He probably, he probably would kill me. No way. <laughs> yes. Have you heard the stories? No. <laughs> tell us some. The stories like this guy. Like there are people who said their stories. Like he will. You're like, all right. You're like, all right, Snoop. I'm high. And Snoop like he just hands you another one. You're like, no, Snoop. I'm. The third one was good. And he keeps <laughs> handing you. He keeps handing like. His tolerance yeah, is it's out tolerance, of this it's just world. out of this world. And it's just like the strains he's, you know, one person said that, and they're like a, a I don't want to say professional, but they are, you know, they're veteran. Mm-hmm. And they're like, I was like, I don't know what type of stuff Snoop has, but it threw me off. Like, it was just like, <laughs> he was like, I'm not a rookie. And the stuff he gave me was like, what the hell is this? Oh, I yeah. definitely want to try yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want to bake brownies with Martha Stewart. Yeah. And eat them. Mm-hmm. I think that would be a great amazing. time. Yes, that would be a great time. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yes, but the verdict in because uh, for Christopher Henry listening, Purple Urkel is now st- a good name. I think so. Yeah. Is that is that Steve Urkel's strain? Yeah, I'm not a fan. You don't I love You're not that. a fan. Uh, I think it's. Uh, this is gonna sound really weird, but I nothing. I don't like the color purple. I like oh. the, I like the movie though. <laughs> oh my god! But I don't like I don't like the color purple. <laughs> That's a horrible reason. <laughs> oh so I don't like the color purple. <laughs> anyway, so, but I mean, not that my opinion matters at all. <laughs> but it's a but it's memorable though, right? Yeah, it it's definitely. It's like memorable. It uh, if I see it, I'm not going to buy it. <laughs> <laughs> but he's also not our target market. Yeah, yeah that's, <laughs> true. that's true. That's true. Okay. There, and there's that, right? Um, so who is your target market? Everybody. I think that when we, think about, when we think about our target market, there's kind of two demographics, mm-hmm. right? There's younger people. I mean, obviously, you have to have a qualifying condition. So if we take that outside of or we take that out of the uh, conditions or the equation. Right. So we have like a younger demographic and then we have an older demographic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then that's that's really it. And I mean, if you think about it, our target market are going to be people who may recreationally use and they don't understand that they're using it for um, some type of underlying issue. So that's where we step in and we're really trying to educate them. And then uh, there's individuals who might be using opioids, right? Or some, some type of uh, drug that has a um, addictive potential. Exactly. And we're trying to convert them to something that's more holistic 
that's yeah. safer, right? That doesn't have addictive um, uh, traits. And, um, and then there's individuals who kind of are in the initial stages of figuring out something to help with whatever their condition is. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to say, I think it's mostly like, you know, everybody in this room, like working professionals that want to be legit, Mm -hmm. that don't want to get their weed like behind a dumpster at UCF, you know, like that want to walk into a dispensary legally. It's easy. They know what they're getting. Mm -hmm. You don't, you, There's you, that you, too. You mean you don't want to <laughs> you don't want to meet somebody in a parking lot? No, <laughs> not and, a fan. <laughs> not a fan. I, every every time I've done a deal like that, it's been through Snapchat. <laughs> so there's no evidence there's no evidence i don't have any of their phone numbers they're all named sebastian for some reason like <laughs> so to deviate from that and talk about another one of the benefits of having um a card and shopping at a dispensary is uh they will deliver it to you see i was gonna talk yeah. to you about like so walk the listening public through all right let's say you sold me i want to go ahead and you know, get one of these things. What is the process? How do I go about, you know, partaking? Yeah, I'll let uh, Ingrid talk about that. Um, you have to have a medical diagnosis. So any of those um, qualifying conditions. conditions that she was talking about, and it can be from anybody, a chiropractor, a licensed therapist, um, you know, your a primary doctor, care. your primary care. Yeah. Um, things like MRIs or CT scans, they don't qualify. It has to be like a legitimate doctor's note. And then you just come in. It's a super quick visit, like 15, 20 minutes Mm -hmm. with the doctor. She just reviews your medical records, um, to vet you out. And then we put you into the medical marijuana registry. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it takes two weeks for you to get approved with the state and it takes you four weeks to get your card. Um, so six weeks altogether. Once no, once so you're approved, you can start purchasing. Right? Yeah, you don't have to yeah, wait until so your card physically mailed to you. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So in two weeks or a week and a half, we've seen it happen sooner, in like, like eight a week. Days. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, once you get that email saying you're approved, you can just walk into any dispensary. Um, and I know some states like they make you pick a dispensary that you have to yeah, stick to. and you can only go to that one. You yeah. have to go through a process of changing it if you know you want to go somewhere else. Yeah, That's crazy. but Florida, yeah. you can walk into any dispensary. Luckily, yeah. <laughs> or you can not walk into a dispensary and get delivery. And and you, get can, delivery. you can order it online, and or, they or they have drive-throughs. Yeah, yeah. curbside pickup. So there's a, you know, a plethora of uh, ways to uh, purchase your medical marijuana. So your Amazon guy shows up <laughs> and next to the person who's delivering. They come in the fully wrapped weed trucks <laughs> no, they and they, they walk up to your door. And they, they, they do a big horn, say, weed delivery, weed delivery. <laughs> Let your entire neighborhood know and bang loud on the door at 12 a.m. So all your neighbors are going to be like, what is going on? <laughs> your weed is here. Your yeah. weed is here. <laughs> but if you think about the convenience factor, you know, yeah. like, I mean, we're professionals, if we if we're talking about a, a professional class demographic we're busy mm-hmm. right. you know sometimes we don't have time to sit in line and wait right i mean we do have time but it's more convenient to have something delivered so you can schedule a delivery yeah. a time slot and they'll bring it to whichever location um you prefer you just have to have proof of identification so yeah. that they know that's you so, okay <laughs> yeah all. so all right so let's say i'm not home they won't just drop it off. No, you have to be you present to be with your ID. Yeah. yeah. 
All right. And obviously, if you have kids, they're going to be like, they're going to say, all right. You need, you know. I mean, people bring their kids to the clinic all the oh, time for okay. their appointments. So, <laughs> you know, as weird as it sounds, people do just bring them and it's no big deal, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know, It's a doctor's visit. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's a good We're thing. Changing yeah. the stigma. Changing the stigma. So, <laughs> yeah. all right. So, somebody visits you and they go ahead and they can go to your office and say, you can get check them out and it you'll diagnose them. Well, I don't diagnose them, but I review their medical records, okay. which should already have their diagnosis because it would be, if you think about it, it would be a conflict of interest for me to diagnose them Correct. because I can't just say you have something and then certify you for it because. Right. That's me profiting off just diagnosing people. Right. So you got to go to your primary care physician first. Or or just, you know, people can go to their therapists, their chiropractors. Because yeah. some people don't have primary care doctors. They just don't go to the doctor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a, a lot of people do that. Yeah. And we have referrals, too, that we use that do, like, telemedicine calls. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like okay. You, that's what I was trying to get to. So let's mm-hmm. say somebody doesn't have a primary care physician, mm-hmm. but they want to get a card. So you're like, all right, well, we can refer you to a doctor to for you to... Have a consultation, consultation and for them to be able to diagnose claim that you have this diagnosis. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's not just you saying it. Right. There's an actual provider who agrees with that. Right. And that's what I was trying to get, mm-hmm. get to. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, if you think about that with uh, telemedicine, that's extremely convenient. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Telehealth is a growing field, especially in the whole panini that we're, we just got done dealing with. Mm-hmm. You know, um, everybody. Uh, you know, having to look through Zoom or whatnot like that. or And so nobody wants to really go into offices anymore. So I know it's affecting my business where a lot of my consults are online and everything like that. So um, so that's beautiful. But let's say if you deliver, let's say you're an old school person. And you're like, all right, I, you know, I want it wrapped. Do you guys do, you guys do I mean, how did, how does it come? Like, does it come, oh. does it pack, what's the packaging? Is it yeah. already wrapped or is it like, you know, so, freely, freely for. So it, it depends what, I, like if you go into a dispensary and, you know, uh, obviously we encourage everyone who has a condition or, um, thinks they may to contact us and we'll, we'll help you out. Um, but, uh, if you go into a dispensary, it comes in all types of forms and fashion. So you can get pre-rolled. So that's what you were talking about, like mm-hmm. where it will literally be pre-rolled for you. Mm-hmm. And they'll tell you the strain on the packaging, etc. You can get the free leaf. So like you can buy the flowers, what it's called, but that's equivalent to bud. Mm-hmm. And uh, break it up and do your own rolling processes. You can get the edibles, the oils, the shatter, etc. Right. You can um, vape oil you can vape you can vaporize flour they have even vaporizers that will once you break down the flour Mm -hmm. it'll vaporize the flour and you can uh you know smoke it that way and it's not as loud Mm -hmm. yeah and loud meaning that it doesn't smell right as pungent that's why the vapes are more convenient (laughs) yeah that's why they're more popular and they also they leave less uh what do you call like waste if you think about like using a vape pen so that's what i mean by when they say it's cleaner yeah yeah okay and then you know also it's you know you're not using a lot of people roll in like blunts which has tobacco leaves and stuff like that so vape is just going to be literally the uh thc and cbd so okay they're way more convenient nobody nobody even knows i feel like flowers (laughs) not very convenient I need to have something with me, you know? 
But some people, it's like a ritual for yeah. them, yeah. you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. So. Well, all right. So, have you guys been to California? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Colorado? Yeah. yeah. What are your thoughts about, like, California, Colorado, and what do you want to foresee for Florida? They have better weed. <laughs> well, not not California, but Colorado for sure. Really? Yeah. Really? <laughs> He's even liked weed from Colorado. <laughs> the chocolate bars? He's going to say no comment. <laughs> I'm, I'm, just, I'm just saying, I think what they sell at, in Colorado is better. Yeah. My opinion. Yeah. What I've had in Colorado also was pretty good. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I'm Californian, so. Have you had a good experience? I'm, I'm just saying, I'm, you know, California, I'm never going to disrespect, you know, the <laughs> West Coast. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm sure so. they have good weed. We probably just didn't know where to find it at that time. I guess. Even though we searched the best place, best <laughs> brands, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what do you foresee for Florida? I mean, I mean, I'm sure it's <clears throat> at some point it's going to become recreational. Yeah, I think I think, you know, it's just a matter of time. If you think about it, um, first, it was the more I mean, I, I don't know what you'd call California and Colorado, but I, I guess they're more open minded mm-hmm. states. Liberal? Yeah, liberal states. Mm-hmm. Right. And then you have the bigger states like New York, which it recently legalized. I wouldn't be surprised if. You know, we start thinking about like Chicago, Florida, like bigger, more well-known states because uh, there's money in it. Yeah. And I think, you know, like a lot of uh, like now that there's medical backing that proves that there's benefits yeah. and now that there, you can already see some type of structure as it relates to how you can profit off of it, I think that more states will openly accept it because one, it increases the economy, tax dollars, et cetera. Um, yeah. I think with Florida, like, I mean, it definitely, everybody will be recreational at some point, but I feel like Florida is always, you behind. know, <laughs> yeah, and like, I mean, well, there's Florida's behind and period. Yeah. You can end it. End it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're even trying to pass bills to like lower THC right. amount. So it's, it's always like hit or miss. I like, <laughs> it's a very confusing state to be in. I yeah. feel like. In every, in every respect. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, what did a uh, part one say about the same question? Did you get there? Um, <clears throat> I mean, part one, they, uh, Valda, she said that, She's not sure if it, I said it was going to be legalized in four years. She's like, I'm not so sure because of how, you know, janky the state is. <laughs> yeah. like that. So I don't know. Maybe I was being overly optimistic in that. Um, but yeah, Florida is bonkers. Um, all right. So final thoughts uh, on this subject. I'm going to ask you the same way I asked uh, Valda. What does cannabis mean? to black culture either all of you can answer or one of you can answer that's a heavy question i mean i think currently i still think that it's it's a symbol of oppression right like it's something mm. that has done more harm to our culture right yeah. um than uh, it, it's it's benefited us, and I'm really just talking about from like an economic and like um, 
like social standpoint, right? Yeah. So it's my hopes that at some point it will um, be something that's that's more beneficial to the greater community. But I think that it's it still has is it's something that has negatively impacted our our communities. Yeah. Yeah. You guys good on that one? Mm-hmm. Okay. We'll rock out on that one. All right. <laughs> so, once again, we are joined by Chad with two Ds. Yes. <laughs> right. Ingrid and Dr. Shima Shakira. Shakari. Shakari. It's okay. <laughs> not, not the singer. Not the singer. Shakira. Yeah, it happens Shikari. all the time. No yeah. Shakari. And they are with the Card Clinic. Again, that's located in uh, Winter Park and 1320 South Orlando Avenue. Winter Park, Florida, and the phone number, if you're interested, is 407-340-5560, and you can also find them at www.thecardclinics.com. That's thecardclinics.com. Uh, check them out if you're trying to get your medical uh, medical license. And I'm going to say something that Ingrid is going to agree with, Um and it's the recommendation I think she's going to go. Hope you're ready for the next episode. <laughs> this is what she's going to recommend. Smoke weed every day. That's what she's going to recommend. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> so, uh, with that being said, uh, we are going to ride out. And thank you guys for listening. If you guys enjoyed this podcast, please share it. Um, subscribe. Leave a comment. Um, and do everything that I'd ask you to do. Uh, beforehand. So, with that being said, we are going to ride out. So,